I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, if you need some escapism from the, the potential news in football over the last few hours and day or so, you've come to the right place because there's an actual Premier League that is extremely competitive and where the top nine are separated by just three points. What a Premier League that we have got in store. And after the predictions that it could be the worst Premier League in history, some by us here on this channel, uh, I think it's safe to say this is certainly going to be one of the most open Premier Leagues in history. Welcome along to night six of the Premier League Daily, the only show giving you daily insight, reaction and analysis uh, throughout the tournament as we look back on another busy night of Premier League action. Jonathan alongside you to talk some darts and joining us to do so is Jack Gobbert-Garwood and Lee Boyce. Gentlemen, we were here on night five and we said that the Premier League table might get a little bit more uh, clearer. Gob, we are here on night six, where the top three were separated. So the top nine were separated by three points. Then on night five, on night six, the exact same thing has happened. In short, we are nowhere near finding out who's going to go down and who's going to be in the top four. Absolutely clear as mud right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair assessment, mate. Um, yeah, another interesting night. Um, some comfortable victories, some hard-fought victories. Um, a result that pretty much confirms one thing, uh, which I'm sure we'll get onto shortly. But yeah, the distance between those top nine players in that league table is very, very minimal indeed. And things can happen. Gary Anderson at one point was, was near the top tonight. He's now in fifth. That's how quickly the night can change. And Lee, you were obviously on the live blog for us this evening, uh, looking at all the action for us. What are your overall impressions of the night? Because we only had two score lines throughout the night. It was either 7-5 or 7-3. Yeah, it was, a, it was a very good night. It was a very strange night. Because every time I seem to report it and giving a preview of what was coming up, the players seem to be in 
completely different positions from where there was at the start of the night. I think when we had Aspen and Wright, we had fifth versus seventh, maybe at the time. And at the start mm. of the night, that was third versus fifth. Probably just showed what happened throughout the day and so much movement and that we had. But overall, it, it was a good night, obviously. For me, there was uh, a couple of standout dames at the middle, in the middle. But overall, it was, it was a good night, minus one day. It certainly was. Uh, let's start then towards the top of the table and eventually we'll come on to what you've talked about, Gob, uh, when we say that one result has been pretty much confirmed. Uh, let's start, Gob, though, with Dimi Vandenberg against Johnny Clayton. For me, match of the night, I think. Um, yes, Aspinall's performance in the last game was very, very good. I'm not suggesting otherwise. But I thought this game in particular was very good and if Clayton could hit doubles, we could be having a very different conversation tonight. That is 100% the story of while Dimitri Vandenberg is top of the table and Johnny Clayton currently finds himself in fourth position. Three out of 16 on the doubles for Johnny tonight. A lot of those were his favourite double 16 as well. I'm, I'm not sure the exact number, but it just felt like every time he was missing, it was in that corner of the board. The man still averaged 102, so that just shows you how well he's playing at the minute. But you cannot afford to keep giving Dimitri van der Berg opportunities because there are legs where he won't give you an opportunity. And if you're handing him out in the rest of the legs, he's just going to take advantage of that and, and ease away from you. I mean, look at this as well. This is quite sim uh, symmetry uh, for Johnny Clayton, Lee. He, the only game he's lost before them was to Rob Cross. And he actually lost 7-3 as well in that game. So quite symmetrical when you think about it. Do we think that this is just one of those nights where every dart player has it, where they just cannot get going on the doubles? And look, Clayton was still very, very good. I mean, he, I think he got more 180s than Dewey. He did. It was 6-5. to five. 11 180s and 12 legs of darts is pretty damn good. It was just sometimes on the doubles, you have a shocker, and that's what happened with Clayton. Yeah, the... Um... But it says just uh, one more 180, but the check outside all. Um, Clayton had 16 um, attempts at a double. Dimmy had 17. Both had opportunities. Dimmy was just cleaning them up. Um, I wouldn't be worried about Johnny Clayton. I think it was just one of those nights um, to be in the position where he is now. He'd have certainly taken that at the start, I think, even though he did come in um, in great form. But yeah, not nothing to really worry about. Obviously, he'll go away tonight and I'm sure we'll spend a lot of time tomorrow practicing those doubles. But yeah, I'm sure we'll come back Sunday um, for the rest of this week. Yeah, tell you what, God, before we go and discuss Dimmy, let's hear from him now because he is top of the Premier League once again. He was top after night three. He was top after night four. He is now top on night six. Here is Dimitri van der Berg in his press conference. Congratulations, you sit here, top of the Premier League, after just beating Johnny Clayton. That must be an amazing feeling. Very unexpected, very unexpected. Um, I've been trying 100% in any way I can. Uh, you know what, uh, the week that you have a bit off, you should be feeling okay, especially after the week that I've performed, the week that I've played. For some reason, it went a bit against me, and yeah, I couldn't really settle down. So I was very nervous today. And practice didn't went really well, but I've got to say thank you to Rob Cross. He told me um, at the Grand Summer Darts, if a little bit of Dimitri Vandenberg comes with you upstage, you will be fine. 
So I said that once again to myself and yeah, this result came from it. I never expected it, but my God, I am so happy about it as well. So proud as well. You've always talked about, even though you're in the top four, that you were still looking down. Are you now firmly looking up towards after judgment night? Um, I think that today the points that I've won are extremely important to pass my first goal. The first goal for me was to pass judgment night, but the main thing was for me as well to just enjoy the whole experience of being part of the Premier League. You know, it's only 10 players that get the honour in 2021. I've got the honour. But so far, being top of that league, I've never expected from the beginning. So I think I just can say happy days. You touched on it there that you think you've done enough now to get past judgment night and that was your first goal. Mentally, do you have to reset those goals now? No, no, not at all. Because anybody else that is playing in the Premier League, they have to do their 100% best to beat me. Um, today, I've shot myself, even though I'm not playing fantastic. Well, I, I played fantastic, but even though my mind wasn't fantastic, I can still perform, I can still play, I can still give them hard games. And yeah, honest is honest. I never expected to have a win like this today. So I'm very proud of that. I've showed again that I am mentally stronger than I believe about myself or believe in myself. So um, yeah, if anybody else wants to win points, They've got to fight hard for it. They've got to work hard for it. And I'll do 100% my best to make them work for the points. Even though it was a week off, having that good hard practice against Jose and Damon, did that really help you going into tonight? I wish it helped me, but it actually made it difficult. Uh, them pair are just class players. And you know what? Jose's game, his practice game, I'm not lying, guys. His practice game is even better than what he is showing up there on that stage. I'm not joking. It is so insane. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys have no idea. <laughs> I wish he didn't stay with us. <laughs> <laughs> Dimitri, congratulations on the result tonight and good luck tomorrow. Thank you very much. Hi, Dimitri. Congratulations on the result tonight. Um, is it now very important for you to discover how much mental strength you have? You're top of the league, looking down everyone else? Yeah, 100%. I never expected to play today the way I've done. I never expected myself to win against Johnny Clayton in the way I have done. Um, I expected myself to give 100%. I expected myself to dig deep and, and to believe in myself and, and make them work for whatever they yeah, desire, whatever they want to win. But playing a game like that today in the mind and the feeling that I have, yeah, that shows me that I've got a lot more to come and... Yeah, I work so hard. I work so hard to be a professional and I work so hard to be a great player. <sighs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so cheap. I'm, I'm yeah, chuffed. I'm so proud about the day, about today, about that game. I'm so proud. Is this now about as well? You've won a match play before. You're, you're a major winner. But is this your toughest test yet to show you have the bottle to go all the way? I think it is. Because at the match play, you start a tournament and it's a knockout stage. So the person you've beaten, you know you will not see him again after the tournament is finished. But Premier League, you're doing a round robin. So the first nine nights, you're playing against any other player in this tournament. But if you pass Judgment Night, you will see seven of these players again. 
and you've got to redo what you've done or that that's yeah it's different it's different but for now i think i can tell myself that i can work with the with the positives and and onto tomorrow um glenn durant told me uh last week and he said mentioned to me before that uh that practicing with jose de souza before the premier league final last year destroyed his belief because jose was so good you're now practicing with him all the time. Is that not a concern that this he might do it to you? Well, for me, I've already played against him. Um, today, again, I've practiced with him. I give him 100%, but today I wasn't feeling great. So, yeah, truth is like the honest truth. He smashed me on the practice board again. So has he been doing the last four or five days? So, oh, Jose, leave me the hell alone. <laughs> no, that man is fantastic. And if he gets that practice game onto that stage, you guys will be enjoying that man in so many games. You have no idea. Good stuff. Listen, thanks for your time, Dimitri, and well done tonight. Thank you for your questions. Appreciate that. Um, Dimitri, tonight you defeated a man, Johnny Clayton, who's arguably been the best player of 2021. How big is that result in the context of your season? It's huge. It's absolutely huge. Uh, like I said before, my week hasn't been going fantastic. I've been doing my best. I've been battling. I've been trying. I've been believing. But at the end of the day, you've got to come up that stage and you have to do your job. And for me, honestly, for me, it's a surprise that I have performed the way I've done and that I have done my job. But when it comes to practicing... I love practice when it's going completely bad because that's the days or those are the days that you're battling your demons. And when you battle your demons, you will know afterwards you're going to come out stronger. So, yeah, I, I am so proud of myself. I never believed that I was going to play this way and, and win this game. But, oh, yeah, a, a touch on my shoulder. I think some of the angels upstairs maybe. Give me a little bit extra, but I'm so proud of it. Thank you. You say you've gone beyond what you thought you may achieve in this Premier League. What What do you believe is achievable now in the Premier League? Well, I played Michael, I played Peter Wright, I played all the other lads, and I'm playing really well. But the top three, which is Michael and Peter Wright, I managed to win a point against them. But I came in this Premier League knowing that I've only had 10 days after my move into England, like the move over. Um, I had my surgery done. So, of course, I wasn't three months ahead of this tournament. I wasn't fully prepared in, I think, any other player in this tournament was. So, for me, it, I'm just loving all of it. I'm just, I mean, I'm enjoying it. And, and of course, I didn't expect it to be the like the leader of the table, but you have no no idea how much this means to me and, and I'm so proud of it. I am so proud. Well, congratulations on tonight, Demi, and thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Honestly, thank you, guys. An interesting sort of response there, I thought, Gob, to the press conference from Demi, because I think he knows that himself, that not necessarily got away with it, he didn't, like, but... He knows that he could have been in a better, he could have been in a better game and all that sort of stuff. In, a, in another world, 
he might not have got away with some of the misses that he had on doubles. I mean, he was only 7 or 17 himself. But I thought the big turning point was the 1-2-1 one, one in the seventh leg when Clayton missed two for, for uh, an 81 checkout. Would have been 11 data to go 4-3 up. And then the 104, the next leg, back-to-back 10-plus checkouts, I think seemed to really hurt the ferret. Yeah, I think so, especially when you consider Clayton's leg, uh, checkout to win the leg previous to that was a 1-2-1 one, one himself. Dimitri responded with two absolute sucker punches to, to Johnny. It was pretty much neck-and-neck neck level at that point. Um, and then the misses started to creep in because no matter where Dimmy was, if he was on a finish, he felt vulnerable because he'd just taken out two ton pluses and he was mopping up below that at the moment. All right, it didn't transpire to that in the final seven from 17, but just that fear and that threat of somebody playing that well um, may have caused Johnny to start pushing them on the outside a little bit. And what's intriguing, actually, Lee, is that as a first nine average, Dimitri Vandenberg has the highest uh, first nine average in the Premier League, 112.67. He's actually a fair point higher at the moment, over a point higher than Jose de Sousa in second place. I, I actually thought that with what was happening with the knee and him being in his debut Premier League, I thought that he would be going down. But I, he's on eight points. I can't see at the moment how he gets relegated. I think he's there or thereabouts now already. Yeah, I think I think we've spoke about it on the previous one that seven, eight um, might be what you need. I think Dimmy's done enough. Um, and not only... Do I think he's done enough? I think he'll pick up more points over the remaining um, three nights. Not sure how many, but I think he'll, he'll certainly pick up one more, which for me would be enough for Dimi to be safe. Um, but yeah, very, very good performance. Storing outstanding from both players. To both be on 102 and miss that many darts at doubles between them um, was probably why it was um, potentially the best game of the night. Let's move on, uh, Lee, and uh, let's stay with you. And we'll talk about, probably for me, the performance of the night. We wait until the last game to get such a great performance. Nathan Aspinall, highest average of the night by some distance, actually, when you think when you look at it. Maybe not necessarily James Wade, because Wade averaged 104, but we'll come on to that in a second. Uh, Aspinall averages 105.2 to beat Peter Wright 7-3. And for a while, this looked close. And then the ASP just went berserk. Yeah, not um, not really surprised because um, we were talking about it yesterday uh, on the live lounge. And for me, Aspinall's probably been the standout performer and where I expected him to be to where he is, more on exceeding expectations. Um, and with Peter Wright, we're not sure what Peter Wright was in a day at the moment. Um, don't want to talk too much about his darts, but... For me, they're just not working for him. And Aspinall just looked very confident. He's very controlled up there. We did see a bit of passion from him, but we were always going to see that. But a very controlled performance by Aspinall. And yeah, on with you. Standard performance of the night was Nathan Aspinall last on 50% on checkouts, uh, four 180s and 105 average. So all-round good performance by the Asp. What are, you, what are your thoughts on this, Gob? I mean, look, I mean, the, the springy darts were back for Snakebite once again. Um, but what are your thoughts on, on on the way Asp played on this one? Because I thought Asp, as I said before, played very, very well. I thought this was a very comfortable win for him. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely solid. They were pretty much neck and neck again, like in the previous game. And then Nathan went through the gears. 
Um, he was exceptional in, in moving ahead and taking it away. The 84, I think it was, on the bullseye, was yeah. solid, just that roar of emotion. I think his interview with Sky afterwards, where he said he loves when people doubt him, he loves when people prove him wrong. He is still in that mentality where he loves to be the underdog. And the amount of people that wrote him off pre-tournament here will yep. have gone in his favour. He's, he's absolutely relishing in it. Certainly the case. I mean, just a quick one, gents. Um, Snake bite now back towards the bottom of the table. He's on six points on seventh place. I, I still think that he's going to get out of this and he will be safe. But it's not, I mean, the only, the, the only good thing, I guess, in a way for Wright is that he's got Dazzer on night eight. He's still got what should be two points in the way that we're looking at things. Yeah, I think so. But tomorrow's game is absolutely massive. Like, I was, I was going to say about Johnny a minute ago, actually. Tonight's loss isn't overly dramatic. But if he goes and loses to Nathan Aspinall tomorrow as well, there might be a slight little wobble because I can genuinely see a route for every single player below Johnny to get to at least seven points. And if Johnny stays on seven points, that means he loses three nights in a row and his leg difference is going to take a dent. I don't think seven is enough right now. I don't think seven guarantees you. I think it's that close. The stat I saw on Twitter earlier, I think it was from Christopher Kemp, Wikipedia, was that this is the first Premier League campaign ever where at least one player hasn't won at least four out of their six matches. Wow. It's mad. It, it's so open. And because of that, and because Glenn is at the complete opposite end of the scale at the minute, everything is so congested. I don't think seven points is going to be enough. And that head-to-head tomorrow, now back to Snakebite, Peter Wright versus James Wade tomorrow. James Wade wins, he jumps above Peter Wright. That drags him straight back down again. What I was going to say here, Lee, as well, was the fact that tomorrow night, and this is what we, I guess this is a nice little segue onto Van Gerwen against Dusser. And we'll start with Glenn, because I want to come back to Peter Wright on this. Obviously, Wright's got Dusser on night eight. Tomorrow night in the first game, if Glenn Durrant does not pick up a point, he is relegated. If he doesn't pick up, if he doesn't pick up two points, he's all but down anyway, because of the leg difference. And Wade's got to lose by seven legs to one or worse. Cross has got to get a leg on the cross has to lose seven nil if Dusser draws. But obviously, if Dusser loses tomorrow against Jose de Sousa, he is down. What I was going to say was is that if does does go down tomorrow night, then isn't that sort of a, sort of a liberating feeling for Durham? And it can just go and shut the arrows, and it doesn't really make a blind bit of difference. A, 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 a carefree dart player, Lee, is a very dangerous proposition. And if Wright does lose tomorrow night, and he, he will have against James Wade, he will have to beat Durham. And if he doesn't beat Durham, he could be joining him. Yeah, I think I think there's two parts to that. I think there's the um, Durant being done, I do think he'll play with no pressure and we might see a better Glenn Durant, whether it'll be a Glenn Durant who's done enough to win a game in the Premier League at the moment. But I'm with Dob, even if Peter Wright does beat Glenn Durant, if we go on the basis that Glenn Durant loses his last three games and Peter Wright does beat up a win, I'm still not convinced that just one Peter Wright win would be enough, looking at Led's difference. So for me, not only is that Glenn Durant game, a big game. It's about beating Glenn Durant and beating Glenn Durant well. 
because Peter Wright will need to pick up points elsewhere if he doesn't, if he just beats Glenn, he'll need at least one more point, I think, elsewhere. So the James Wade game is huge because if he's down into the final note and he's not really looking confident with what dart he's going to use and he's looking at changing on a on a judgment night that could be so important against Jose, who <laughs> himself has looked better over um, nights five and six, could find himself in a very, very difficult position if he doesn't get a result tomorrow night. Well, I'll tell you what, let's segue then, Gob, to Doran against Van Gerwen, because Van Gerwen definitely did beat him well, in my opinion, on the scoreboard at least. The actual game itself, let's not sugarcoat this, was dreadful. However, Van Gerwen getting that 7-3 result is massive because it gets him back up into the top four and uh, that relegation battle looks good, doesn't it, mate? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> the more I look at it, eight might not be enough. <laughs> are you trying to? Are you still trying to suggest this? Are you trying to still suggest that Van Gerwen's in a relegation battle? No, of course I'm not. But I am going to take that. away my prediction that he wins the Premier League at this point. I'm not. I'm it's not. Gone. It's gone. This is the third sub ninety five average we've seen from him in six nights of Premier League darts. Tonight he was chopping and changing with the darts. In his interview, he says that they're the same darts, but I don't really get why that means he's changing. There are frailties in his game still. Once again, we thought he was getting away from them. We thought they were they were being resolved and that the commentary from us coming into this was that Van Gerwen wasn't playing badly. He was being beaten by good results. It's the opposite at the minute. He's playing poorly, but he's getting results. And all right, it may click and he may turn it around and he may cruise to victory for another Premier League title, but I'm just not convinced. We've been waiting for that click now for 18 months, maybe more. I was one of the very, very first to say he was in trouble. And all right, that didn't really materialise. He then went on to win the Players' Championship and the UK Open as well, I think. won four titles in six... He won four titles in six events, mate. Let's just yeah. let's just remind ourselves about that. <laughs> and I just think part of this is just the lofty expectations we place on his shoulders. But at the same time, there are concerns. There have to be concerns. If you're a Van Gerwen fan watching that tonight, I don't care if Glenn's struggling. I don't care if you're still getting used to a different set of darts. Van Gerwen does not average 87. Okay, so there was there was no extra click. He roared a celebration because he knew he was getting away with it. Three one up against the man averaging eighty four against him. That's desperation. Lee, Lee you're, you're, you can come in here, mate, because I I still have this thought about Michael Van Gerwen that he isn't gonna go and average one hundred and thirty as Adam Smith reminded us about against Michael Smith in Aberdeen anymore. It's just not going to happen because. He isn't at that stage, unfortunately, for Van Gerwen fans that I don't think we will see the like of him in 16 and 17 ever again. But we look at this and we look at the way Van Gerwen has moved manufacturers and I still don't think that he's that comfortable with a set of darts. Yes, it's that replica of old faithfuls that he, that he eventually switched to. But you still have to put Michael Van Gerwen in the conversation of winning the Premier League because he can go mental, surely, Lee. 
He still has to be in the conversation. However, watching, the, watching that down today was difficult. We've all mentioned how difficult it's been to watch Glenn Durant in the Premier League. It was just as difficult for me today to watch Michael Van Derwin perform that way. Um, totally with Dob on that fourth lead. That celebration was a bit was a bit strange. Um, how he was performing, I think at that time there was both averaging around seventy eight. Um, oh. Obviously, he got he got better as the day went on. I mean, um, I mean, can I just say very very quickly? MBG averaged fifty nine and a half after two legs. It wasn't good. Exactly my yeah. point. And, and so at that, I think it moved up to, yeah, late 70s when that big raw thumb. And I think one thing, I know Dob made the um, if he lost, and I will defend Dob to say that if he lost tonight, then it'd been a relegation battle. But MVG obviously wouldn't have been thinking like that. But the problem for MVG is two of his last three names before Judgment Night are Anderson and Johnny Clayton. And MVG isn't worrying about the relegation battle, but what he won't want to find himself is going into the second phase of this league and being fifth or sixth. And that is a possibility with the dames that he's got remaining this week performing the way he is. Because if he plays anyone else, I wouldn't expect him to be getting a result tonight at all. It would be very, very lucky to that one. Well, without being disrespectful, he's got eight points at the minute, three wins, two draws. Two of those wins have been absolute gifts. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, and and the and the point against Aspinall was a steal. With nah, a, I disagree. Disagree. He played well at the start. It was a good checkout to get the point, considering that he probably he should have got the job done earlier. But again, there's frailties there. That no, he didn't get the job done. Had, no, hang on a minute. I'm on. sorry. I'm sorry, MBG missed two darts for the match there. MBG missed two darts for that. It wasn't a steal of a point. It wasn't. MBG missed two darts for the match. I appreciate he never normally does that, but, it, well, I say never normally. You look at it now and you think, well, he never used to do it. It's probably the right phrase to use. But MBG missed two darts to, to, to win that match. But it, He averaged six points less than they first. And I get that, but I think, um, Joe, reviewing the whole performance... I think he was lucky to that point. But even even he's, he's got a point. But looking at his last two games, he's picked up three points. Look at the level of performance that they've not been they've not been great. And going into a game next to then Starry Anderson. And then following that up with Jose, who I wouldn't have even put even Jose a chance against MVG normally. But the form that Jose's thrown into and MVG down the opposite way, it's just gonna be a bit of a struggle for him. And he... For me, he needs to be in that top four to then then push himself on. We seen last year him dropping outside of it. Um, for me, it's a big three nights from VJ. He's averaged hundred twice, and one of them was just. I, I, I don't disagree with the pair of you. The next three nights are huge. That that could make or break his season. I don't. I don't dispute that at all. But Anderson tomorrow, D'Souza on night eight. And then we have obviously got Johnny Clayton on night nine. Not a bad way to end uh, that Premier League first phase. Gentlemen, we have to move it on, unfortunately. But we will talk about Duzzer, I'm sure, more in depth in a moment when we look at if we think he's going to go down tomorrow. Spoiler alert from me. Yeah, that could be what we can see on the cards. Let's talk about the rest of the night. Gob, and you mentioned about Jose de Sousa and James Wade and how crucial that game could be for James Wade's Premier League campaign. 
it's a big, big loss for him. Jose de Sousa coming through there in that last leg with an 11 data with that much pressure on the line to essentially save your Premier League and you do that. That was excellent, in my opinion, from Jose de Sousa, who gets the job done, gets the job done at 7-5. But how crucial a loss is that for James Wade in this Premier League? It's massive. And the issue is he couldn't really have done a lot more. He's averaged 104 and 71% on his doubles. <laughs> that's an elite James Wade performance. But that's ultimately, normally, when it when it came normally, down was, to it... I was just going to say very, very quickly, that it, that's normally like 111, 112 from most players. That, mm-hmm. That's what I'd suggest. Sorry, God, I apologise for interrupting you. Ultimately, though, when it came down to it, D'Souza turned on the scoring power in those legs that mattered right at the end. He was exceptional under that pressure. And it, to be honest, it was it was a cracking game of darts. It was a solid game of darts. Um, but yeah, as you said, for relegation chances, Jose's looking up as much as he's looking down right now, whereas Wadey is he's paddling quite hard underfoot, shall we say. There's a lot of effort needed if he is going to survive at the minute I, I make him favourite personally to go down um, because of the running he's got but that being said a win over Peter Wright tomorrow and all of that changes completely that's just how crazy this Premier League has been I was just going to say very very quickly that's probably the game he has to win because he's then got to play two of the top four currently as things stand Clayton on Wednesday Dimitri Vandenberg on Judgment Night going into that needing a point or something like that could be a very, very dangerous thing for James Wade. That we talk about with the Sousa game. How important is that game for Peter Wright for James Wade now, Gob? In that Peter Wright Wade, how big is that for the for the uh, for the relegation back? Quite big, quite <laughs> quite significant. Although the game before could have a big bearing on it as well, because the, the, literally the game before is Nathan Aspinall, Johnny Clayton. If Nathan Aspinall goes and does his job on Johnny Clayton and lost back-to-back games in the Premier League for the first time who will then play James Wade the night after. So it's not all doom and gloom. Like I said, I don't think seven points is going to be enough the way it's looking because the odd player is just going to pick up a draw or two out of the next... There's, there's six points on offer to every player, basically. I know they can't all get six points, but you look at it, seven might not be enough. So tomorrow is a massive, massive game for James. And the problem he's got is that Peter has been up, down, up, down, up, down pretty consistently throughout this Premier League. He's backed up a bad performance or a loss with a good one or a slight recovery. So now we've seen that 104 average from from James, who he did that for the entire match as well. And that's the thing that you can guarantee with James Wade. After three legs, you know how he's going to finish that match because his level will not change the minute he steps on stage. So he sets sets the tone of the match early tomorrow. Uh Lee, quickly, your thoughts on Jose. Huge win for him. And like you say, it takes him, like Gob said there, Lee, takes him up into six spot now, six points. He's just one point off the top at four. Um, and do you know, as a, as a running, there, there are worse ones at the current time for me. Yeah, uh, definitely. So, obviously, coming up with Glenn tomorrow night, um, Fully expected to pick up two points then, and then he's he's coming up against at the start of the tournament. You'd say it's a difficult ending for Jose before judgment night with MVG and Peter, right? But with the form that them two are in, 
there's possibilities there. And looking at Jose now on six points and this, how quick it can change. You can see him moving into the top four tomorrow with a win. And then, as Dobbs mentioned there, there's people like Johnny Clayton. He could be down above if Johnny Tarn a win tomorrow. Um, so, it's looking very, very good for Jose. It was a massive night for him because, for me, anyone in that bottom sort of from five to nine before tonight's play had to win two games. And for me, that that win, and I would expect him tomorrow night, that should be enough to see him safe. So it was a huge win, huge performance. And that the last four legs at the end were just were top class stuff by Jose. Final game then, uh, Gob, is Gary Anderson against Rob Cross. And once again, Rob Cross missing darts in order to get a point. He did it against Peter Wright last time out. He's done it now against Gary Anderson. Uh, uh, yeah, it was Peter Wright, wasn't it? He missed uh, He missed a couple of opportunities to get a point in that game. It would have been 6-4. And then Peter Wright goes on and wins the last five, you know, three of the last five legs. He goes and wins the last four legs. It would have been 6-4, would have got himself a point. He didn't do it. Gary Anderson, he doesn't get a point when he should have got one. He had two darts to get a point. And now he is right in the relegation battle, right in it. Yeah, again, everybody's in this relegation battle pretty much. I think you could rule out um, Dimitri, but there's still an opportunity for everybody else to be caught. It's that tight, but these two are are well in the mire. Rob Cross has, has probably been the most consistent performer for me right across this Premier League. There's not been the mass fluctuation in his averages. He's, he's been solid and I still think he will play the role of the spoiler. In the, If he does go down, I think he'll go down swinging or take points off somebody or if he sneaks in at eight, I don't think he makes the top four, but I think he can have a major impact on who does go on to make that top four. I think he's he's just that solid at the minute. Missing a couple of darting, darts at doubles, as you said, that would have given him an extra two points now, which would mean he's a lot more solid on seven than he is on five and put a couple more people below him as well. Um, but yeah, if he improves his double percentage by somewhere like five to 10%, oh my God, players should be worried for Rob Cross. More importantly, on, on, the, on the bigger picture for Rob Cross... I don't think he was expecting much in his Premier League. I don't think fans were expecting a lot from Rob Cross in his Premier League. And the fact that we had him in that battle for relegation, he was one of the names hotly ticked to go down. Even if he does, he goes down a lot better than he did last year. He goes down playing, he looks more comfortable up on the stage, the action looks a lot better. And if this is the springboard for the rest of the season for him, so be it. Your thoughts very, very quickly, uh, Lee, on him on, on both Cross and Anderson. That's another game where Gary has managed to get that last leg win. Um, and he now gets himself up towards that top four. He's obviously just outside it on legs one against the throw, which we will come on to and talk through the table in a second. But how important is this, like you say, as, as Gobs has said, is it a springboard for Cross at this point? Yeah, it is. Um He's the one I tipped to go down, but I'm totally with Gob on the, the, the performance is there from Cross. 
the one thing that seems to be missing is those crucial doubles. But the rest of the performances there, which we haven't seen previously, he's not even been getting the opportunities. Um, and to he's got to take the positives of having an opportunity to pick up a point in the last two games. He hasn't taken it, but he's got himself those opportunities. And if he keeps doing that, he, of course, he's got a, he's got a chance. Um, he's got a game on judgment night, which he'd be expected to win. So he's got to focus his attentions on trying to set something out of 9-7 or 8. Um, and if he's still in the Premier League, the second half, I totally expect him to be winning games. Um, not making top four, but yeah, I can see him um, certainly winning a few down, performing the way he's at the moment. Let's talk about then the entire table as things stand. Let's just remind you of those results then tonight in the Premier League. Gary Anderson, seven, Rob Cross, five, Jose de Sousa, seven, James Wade, five, Dimitri van den Berg, seven, Johnny Clayton, three, Marco van Gerwen, seven, Glenn Durrant, three, and Nathan Aspinall, seven. You guessed it, Peter Wright, three. This is the table, and my brain hurts looking at it. Dimitri van den Berg is top with a plus nine leg difference, but has won 18 legs against the throw. He's also got eight points, but he's won 18 legs against the throw. That is why he is top over Nathan Aspinall, who's also on eight points with a plus nine leg difference, but has won 16 legs against the throw. Michael Van Gerwen is next. He's on eight points with a plus nine leg difference, and he's won 12 legs against the throw. So that is the top three separated by legs against the bloody throw after week six. This Premier League is insane already. Johnny Clayton is next. He's got seven points with a plus three leg difference and has got 15 legs against the throw. Won 15 legs against the throw, so that's why he's in the top four. Gary Anderson has got seven points. He's on a plus three leg difference, like Johnny Clayton, but crucially he's only won nine legs against the throw. So the leg difference has to improve for Gando if you think about it early on. Jose de Sousa is next on six points. He's on a zero leg difference, but has won 14 legs against the throw as well. Weirdly enough, this is a, a weird stat, I think, Bob. He's also won the most legs in the Premier League this season. He's won 68 legs. Madness. There it goes, isn't it? It's <laughs> just bonkers. <laughs> um, right. Uh, well, I mean, the fact is, is that going 85, you know, 19 on the ball, uh, 19 as a first start on the 85 is utter madness. It just sums up the madness of the Premier League. Uh, oh, sorry. Did I say that out loud? I'm sure people will come for me again in the comments on Twitter. Uh, Peter Wright is next. Uh, he's got six points with a minus four leg difference. He's won 11 legs against the throw. Rob Cross is next. He is on a zero leg difference with five points. He's won 11 legs against the throw. James Wade has got five points, but crucially he's got a minus one leg difference. One leg is separating the pair and James Wade has won 12 legs against the throw as well. So it is so tight down the bottom. Glenn Durant though is 10th. He's on six. He's played six, no points with a minus 28 leg difference and only won five legs against the throw. Night seven looks like this then. And we start with Glenn Duran against Hootsie de Sousa, Jose de Sousa. If Duzza does not pick up a point, he's relegated. If he picks up a point and Rob Cross loses by seven, uh, one or better or worse in that sense, so seven, two, seven, three, and James Wade loses by seven, two or better, Durant is relegated. Doza has to pick up two points realistically to stay in this Premier League. And he's got Jose de Sousa to do so. Rob Cross against Dimitri Vandenberg is next. Huge game at both ends of the table there. Nathan Aspel against Johnny Clayton. Second against fourth as things stand at the moment. Peter Wright against James Wade. 
And then the El Clasico of darts, Michael Van Gerwen against Gary Anderson to round off the night. Let's start then with Glenn Doran against Jose de Sousa. Let's go through our predictions. Uh, Glenn, uh, look, I would say, is in big trouble. Look, he has to win realistically in order to stay in the league. If he loses, then he is relegated and he will be eliminated from the competition. First time ever that a Premier League champion, of course, from the previous year will get eliminated the following year. Look, I, I said it before, and a spoiler alert, I just can't see it happening. Jose is playing too well at the moment, does it? Look, we've all we don't want to kick him while he's down, but it's just it's just the fact of life at the moment that Jose de Sousa is a better darts player than Glenn Durant. Uh, de Sousa wins this one seven two and does a bit is relegated. I've got to be honest with you, Lee. Your rare thoughts as well, mate. Yeah, same. Well, I was doing another seven one, um, which is even harsher on our one on Glenn. But I just Jose is playing really well at the moment. I don't think his standard will drop. Um, tomorrow and, he, and if that's the case I think um, Glenn will be lucky to pick up a lead or two if he's performing the same way and I haven't seen anything that tell me anything differently I apologise to Dan who when he <laughs> but uh, um, yeah I can't see anything other than that unfortunately Have I given him the ignominy of doing a live blog tomorrow night because if he have then I think it would just collapse in, in, in the weight of his tears <laughs> if uh, we might we if, might need someone on battle but quarters away if he only does down one <laughs> yeah well, that's that's very true uh, Gob your thoughts mate yeah look I, I think you two have got this bang on and Jose isn't going to first know and score like the opportunities that James Wade and, and Michael Van Gogh have given Glenn Durham they are two of the worst performances you're going to see from a victor in the Premier League in a long, long time. And Glenn was harshly nowhere to be seen in either of those matches. He, he pinched a couple of legs from some atrocious doubling. Um, but the first nine scoring of Jose just means that Glenn is going to be under the cost from the very first start. Um, I'd, I'd love it to be 7-4, 7-5, and, and we see that gradual build-up of legs. But... I'm going to say 7-1. I'll tell you what, here's an interesting point. You talk about the first nine average, Gob. is averaging 20 points higher than Glenn Durant on that first nine average. It Levels, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Rob Cross, speaking of big, Rob Cross against Dimitri Vandenberg. Both ends of the table covered here. What a game this could be in the context of this uh, Premier League. Gob, I shall go to you first. Where are we going with this? Why do I, I laugh like I was surprised then, but you went to leave first last time. Um, I think Cross plays well. I think Cross plays at a level, but I don't think Cross gets a point. Um, Dimitri Vandenberg right now looks very, very good. His scoring has been excellent. He's taken out some absolute whoppers of finishes and he's, he's mopping up the bits in between that um, the stage is his home and that continues here on night seven for me um, Dimitri wins seven four Lee something very weird is happening to me and Dobra are on everything I've no, Jesus it's never going to bloody happen down. then is it <laughs> 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 
I've done my predictions before, and I've had Dimmy down as seven full winner tomorrow, which Dom has just said. Do you know, um, that's, weird. that's very weird. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. Um, but, God. It's, it's just that Dimmy just looks so confident on there, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that Dame at four all tomorrow and then Dimmy run away with it at the end. It's just... We've seen a, a, a very high standard from Dimi, and unfortunately with Cross, he's, he's playing well, he's playing better, but when it's coming to the crucial parts of games, we're not seeing still the Cross that we've seen a few years back. So um, for the second match, I'm down with Darby then and 7-4. <laughs> yeah, so me, I'm going with a 7-4, and I'm going to say something here which might jinx him, but sod it. Dimitri Vandenberg looks a Premier League champion in waiting for me. At this moment That's in time, bold. That's bold. he looks a pro- the way he's playing, mate. I don't think there's anybody better than him playing darts on the, on the planet right now. He looks a he looks a Premier League champion in waiting for me at this moment in time. Another player that does look very very good that he got but needs to improve on his doubling is Johnny Clayton. He takes on Nathan Aspinall, and this could be a belter of a game. Second versus fourth. Whoever wins this will be definitely safe. There's no doubt about that. Whoever loses will just have that nagging feeling in the background, potentially, that they could be caught uh, by the rest of the field. Lee, we'll go to you first here, mate. Uh, what do you think is going to happen in this one? I thought it envisaged Johnny Clayton losing it then, so I've done for a draw in this one. Um, Aspinall's playing very well. Lloyd says, surprise package for me and where he's in the lead. Um, but I don't expect that standard to stop. And Johnny Clayton didn't do much run today until he got to his doubles. So I'm going for a draw. Get off that fence. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gob. Um, this one, I honestly don't know. Do not say draw. Well, that's normally <laughs> what happens when you genuinely don't know. You're like, I can't split them. I'm going straight down the middle, but I'm not following you again. So now I've got to pick a bloody winner. Do you know? Just because it makes it just because it makes it interesting for the rest of the week, or especially for night eight, I think Asp wins. I don't. I think this is a Clayton win. And I think it will be the same scoreline as Dimmy de- defeats Cross. I think it'll be 7-4. Peter Wright against James Wade is next in this mad, mad night seven. Uh, I will go first on the call on this one. Uh, so uh, we can we can see what Gob wants to do. We'll go, we'll go to Gob last, purely because of his allegiance to Wadey. And he also loves Snakey as well, to be fair. So this game is going to be horrendous for him behind the sofa. Um, weirdly enough, I think that this is going to be a James Wade victory. I think this is one of those games where Wade will continue to average very, very well. And I just think he'll put a bit of pressure under Snake, you know, put Snakey under a bit of pressure. I think this could be a similar scoreline to what he defeated Van Gerwen, maybe 7 3, possibly 7 2, even. It's just one of those performances from Wadey where you just go, where the bloody hell did that come from? Watch it obviously now be snaky, completely dominating because that's what happens. But I think that Wadey does it and I think it will be 7-3, which could 
be a very, which could be a very, very intriguing couple of nights for, for, for Peter Wright if he does lose uh, this game against James Wade. Lee, we'll come to you. I'm doing Peter Wright 7 5, so just to edge it. Um, cool. But see, when we're talking about the relegation, I still see Wade surviving, but then I've seen his remaining fixtures and now I've picked him to lose to Peter Wright. So I'm not sure what's happening at the moment, but yeah, I'm known Peter Wright. That happened to me last year when I was trying to pick the final four and I was like, this one, this one, this one, this one. And I looked at results, I was like, that can't happen. Yes, so I'm doing that <laughs> at the I was moment. trying to predict the most ridiculous results just to make sure that my top four prediction came. <laughs> yeah, which is happening at the moment here, but I am going to help Peter Roy just to edge it 7 5. Gob, last but not least, this is the uh, most important. This is the one, this one I think everybody's going to be intrigued to see and hear. There are three considerations here. One, James has had time to prepare, and I think that makes a massive difference to his game, especially we saw that tonight. On the contrast to that, he was injured tonight, and we don't know if that's a temporary thing, if that's a permanent thing, if he's going to be limping about tomorrow. That can go either way. And the third thing is, what the bloody hell is Peter Wright going to pull out of his darts case? Because if it's the reflex points springing about all over the place. The RTL will have the cartoon sound over the top of again, no doubt. Hmm. I think Wade will win. That being said, for all of that, I'm going straight down the middle. Chicken. <laughs> this has got draw written all over it and you boys know it. I don't. That's why I've gone with Wade battering him, but there it is. Right. Last game, El Clasico, huge game. Van Gerwen against Anderson. Surely, Gob. Well, actually, no, we'll go to Lee first. Uh, actually, no, we'll go to Gob first in this one. Gob, surely we can't see another bad performance like we saw from Michael Van Gerwen tonight. It's got to be better, particularly against Anderson. Mm. I'm not convinced, you know. We, we, like I said, we've seen two bad performances from him where he's... he's pinched results um, the, the draw was steady enough the loss to Wadey was flat and he was searching for equipment changes again Gary looked steady without being exceptional again tonight um, and I think the 180 seemed to be back from Ando what did he have tonight or was that just me making things up for tonight St steady enough I'm going to back the Flying Scotsman. Seven, Ooh. four. All brave. Aboard. I like I like it when you're brave, Mr. Garwood. I like it. I do. Lee, are we going for a Gando win or is it going to be Van Gerwen? Or are we going to go down the middle? I think someone was in Dobbs Ed just telling the MVG still in the relegation battle. That's what just happened. <laughs> 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 yes. Yes. <laughs> so... I'm going to sit on the fence, so then I'm there for a draw. Don't be silly. MBG wins this. MBG wins this. MBG wins it 7 4. That's what happens, unfortunately. 
so uh, I'm sorry to disappoint you, gentlemen, but that's what's going to happen. And uh, this this talk, this notion that potentially MVG might be in a relegation battle <laughs> is finally over uh, by the end of tomorrow. Uh, Gob Lee, thank you very much indeed for joining us here on the Premier League Daily. I've just looked at the at the rotor, and Dan Simpson is on the pod tomorrow <laughs> alongside myself and Luke Pickering. I'm sure we'll all be flowing in his tears by the end of the night if oh, Glenn Durant no. is relegated. Uh, that, that'll be one worth listening to, I'm sure, uh, by the end of the day. Matt Willett joins us on the live blog tomorrow, so you can follow all the action from 7 o'clock in the evening BST. Make sure that you can follow it all uh, with us on onlinedarts.com. Make sure, of course, that you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, search us on online darts there. And you can find uh, interviews with all five of the victors uh, from the action in the Premier League today. Uh, you can uh, listen to and watch those interviews via our YouTube channel, Online Darts TV, where you can also watch live action from the Modus Lively as well. That will be uh, returning tomorrow. But that is it on a night where Dimitri Vandenberg, Nathan Aspidal, and Michael Van Gerwen are at top of the league, joining themselves there at the top three uh, in this Premier League after 7-3 victories against uh, Johnny Clayton, uh, Peter Wright and Glenn Durant, respectively. Elsewhere, Jose de Sousa leapfrogged James Wade into uh, the safety zone. James Wade joins Glenn Durant in that elimination zone for the moment uh, with a loss there. Jose de Sousa beating him 7-5 and Gary Anderson surviving darts for a draw from Rob Cross to get a massive, massive win and pull himself potentially away from the relegation battle. It's amazing what happens when you actually have competitiveness in the league, isn't it? I reckon we should do this more. Take care, everybody. We'll see you back tomorrow for another uh, Premier League daily when you wake up in the morning. Take care and enjoy night seven. Bye-bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.